Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Tonight we are bringing you a very fantastic show, a very important show. Do you know what's in your water? Um, as we can see through many states, we see a lot of problems with water. And with this awakening, we're starting to wake up to the water chemicals aren't so good for us. So tonight we are bringing you a very fantastic show with a very fantastic person for the win. And before we get to the show, I would like to recognize a couple of our sponsors. I'd like to rec recognize Dr. Zelenko. Dr. Zelenko saved a lot of lives during the pandemic. And as Dr. Zelenko passed away, God rest his soul, he's left us some very strong bullets to fight any bioweapon. And if you go to zstack.com and use promo code CPN, you'll get up to 5% off your purchase. And last but not least, I'd like to recognize Mike Lindell and MyPillow, mypillow.com and Mike Lindell, a guy that's really going on the forefront, fighting for our freedoms, exposing so much corruption, and he's running for a position, and I really hope he gets into that position because we need those strong voices and patriots in them positions. So if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CPNN, you'll get up to 66% off your purchase. From bottled water, natural spring water, purified to tap, helpful information to expand your knowledge. And that's why tonight we are bringing on for the win and for the win, thank you for what you're gonna show and present to everyone tonight because water is very important. Hey, thank you, Mike. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to be able to share what I've been doing for the last five or six years here. So um, briefly, I'll give you guys a little bit of an introduction. Um, one day I was basically selling vacuums and air purifiers and the next day we decided to sell water purification equipment. And we thought the flip would be a great thing. You know, we we're cleaning air one day, we'll clean the water the next day. And as we got into this uh, testing water in Wisconsin, we learned really quickly that water isn't created equally from town to town, from municipality to municipality. And it's just really interesting. So um, I'm gonna start testing with the water here. So what I'm gonna show you guys here first, this is a hardness tube, okay? So that one GPG line, that's one grain per gallon, all right? So on the other page that you can see that when it's less than one grain per gallon, you're gonna have conditioned water, it's soft water, okay? Anything more than one is generally considered hard. So the more and more hardness that you have, the more harder ultimately the water is gonna be here. So um, for this presentation here, I have my setup over here. So from my sink, I have already bypassed my water softener downstairs. So to show that to you guys here, I'm gonna test my own water here as well. So turn on the water. Get the water to that one GPG line. You guys can all see that there. We're roughly pretty close there at that one GPG line. So we're gonna use three reagents on testing this one. The first one, this is called hardness number five. Number five here, this is gonna actually raise the pH of the water. So we're gonna add five drops to this. One, two, three, four, 
five. The next one, this is the indicator. So this one's gonna tell us if the water's actually hard or soft. So if the water, if it turns red, it's gonna tell us that it's hard. If it turns blue, it's gonna tell us that it's soft. So another five drops, one, two, three, four, five. Kelly, what color's the water? Ooh, I guess red. It's red here, okay? So now exactly to find out how hard the water is, every drop of number seven is the indicator then. So this is gonna tell us exactly how many grains of hardness there is for every drop that goes in here. So when the water turns blue, we'll know it's soft then. One, two, three, four, five. So based on our scale from three and a half to seven grains per gallon, I'm gonna have hard water here in Appleton, okay? So now to be able to show you guys the differences of what we're gonna be doing here tonight, this here is our lovely mini conditioner. This is like a miniature water softener. So the media that's inside of the softener, this is what's actually taking the hardness out of the water. And this is what's giving you guys soft water at the end of the day. So the importances of that we're gonna get into tonight, but how I'm gonna show you that is, with this setup right over here. Let's see if I can reach that here, maybe not. You can see that I have that set up there. Um, I have a pump in the sink here, and this is gonna start to, oh, I had it on. So I have water flowing here. So I'm gonna rinse and wash out the hardness tube. So the same thing again here. We're gonna raise the pH of the water, five drops, four, five. So this time, the water should turn blue right away, right? Because this is soft water. One, two, three, four, five. So we know that the water is soft. So you guys know for a fact that whatever I'm showing you here tonight, I'm certainly not pulling your leg in terms of the benefits of having soft water versus what hard water brings. So take the hardness tubes, we'll rinse and wash these out. So Mike, um, down by you, you guys have some pretty hard water, right? Oh yeah, our water's terrible. Now I brought a sample. This sample, this came from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Your water probably isn't as bad as this stuff, but this is gonna give us a really good comparison about what we're actually doing here tonight. Let's wash this out. Hey, for the win, I got a question. Yeah. Have you ever did any um, jobs out in Burlington, Wisconsin? I don't think I have. Maybe once. I'm just not sure exactly. I can't remember. But at the end of the day, all that stuff is really, really hard water down that way. Yeah, I bet. So this is Fond du Lac here. So we'll raise the pH again. One, two, three, four, five. And this came from a customer um, before their softener and everything I pulled the other day. One, two, three, four, five. Hard water. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Wow, just like the uh, 118th Congress, 15 rounds. <laughs> 15 rounds, right? Yep, yep. So it's interesting because the more hardness that's in your water, the harsher these effects are simply all going to be. And what's really alarming to me when I first got into this was that our water hardness scale goes only up to 10 and a half grains. So in Wisconsin here, we've had water as high as 40 to 60 grains in some city water applications. I've tested as high as 99 grains. That's as high as my test can go on some really nasty well water, but there's a range of it everywhere we go here. So, so this is the drinking water test. This is the TDS meter. So I'm going to first go through these two tests so that the rest of it really does make sense here. So um, let's do this here. So this jug right here, this is distilled water. So I wanted to bring this because this is a great representation to tell you exactly what water is. So I'm going to wash this out of the cup. And Mike, um, you said bottle water wise, you drink Chippewa. What was that for again? You drink Chippewa spring water? Yes, sir. So this TD TDS meter, this is that, that stands for total dissolved solids. So basically it's gonna test everything that's in your water that's not considered water. So they're dissolvable solids. So with the distilled water, You guys can see that we're getting about one part per million, zero. Technically distilled should be truly at zero parts per million, okay? Now Chippewa Falls, this is gonna be right around 99 to 100 there. What? What? Mm -hmm. So usually speaking, like with spring water, there's going to be some added back minerals or sometimes the water is truly just spring water pumped right out of the earth. And that's what's coming out um, into your jug ultimately. So some Appleton City water here. We're right around 118, 19 parts per million here. About right there. Way too high. But, um, so, so far we had Appleton at five hardness. The TDS was about 120. Chippewa Springs, 
was a TDS of about 99 to 100. And then distilled was zero. We'll remember that for later. This last one that we're going to test here is the water from Fond du Lac. So that one's going to be right around 444. And we said that was 15 grains hard. We got one more sample too for you guys. You know, we'll do that one later. Let's just keep going here with this. So, so let's actually show you guys what's in your water here. So, Okay, one more here. And if any admins want to chime in, Tammy, Joby, uh, Valerie, you guys are more than welcome. And we will have Q&A for all the members as well. I have a question for for the women. Go for it. Where do you um, put like Ozarka water on the disgusting scale? I don't know. I've never tried it or tested it. But I drink. Sounds like you guys are going to have to FedEx uh, for the win one of those bottles. Yeah, I need to do that. So this is the precipitation test. So this is what's going to be able to actually show you what's actually kind of in the water here. So there's going to be two reagents that we use. The first one here, this is called precipitate B. This one is simply just like a yellow dye. So this is gonna color the water yellow so we can actually kind of see what's going on. 
I'm gonna put a dropper full in each one of these. Okay. Now the next one is precipitate A, and A is gonna illuminate everything that's in the water. So it's gonna pull all the solids out of the water and actually make them visible in here. Put an eyedropper full into each one of these here. Wow, you can see it. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like, I haven't shook them up yet or anything, but put a cap on each. So just right off the bat, this one, it's very yellow, clear nature and such like that. And that's what soft water is going to bring. Now this sample, this one came from Fond du Lac. This is the one with the TDS of 444 parts per million. And you kind of see like this one has more of like a, I don't know, white cloudiness to it as well too. And Fond du Lac is going to have a little bit of some iron, some manganese in the water as well. So that's what's going to make this one turn a little discolored like that. But this one, this was Appleton. So you can certainly start to see the differences between how clear this one can be. And then this one is almost clear like that, except it's ever so slightly starting to discolor. So I'll leave those ones for there. I'll leave those ones there and show you. That's going to look like in a second. So this next one, this is called the laundry test. This one is just to kind of show you exactly what working water is and how it works ultimately. So what I have is a simple soap reagent. We're gonna put five drops of soap into each flask. For the one you said that was a laundry test? Yeah. A la laundry, like you're doing laundry? Yep. Yep, so you know how like Tide tells us or whoever tells us how much detergent to put into each load and stuff like that. So I'm going to put stoppers on each one of these. So for the record, uh, the blue bottles, that is the soft water the bottles in the red are all going to be hard water samples but right off the bat you can start to see that the softened water one has bubbles that go right up to the top and you can also tell that the soap doesn't actually ever stick to the edge of the bottle and the water's really clean like that and 
Now this one, we had the equal amount of soap in here. And do we have any suds in here, you guys? Nope. So if this was like a bubble bath for you guys, and you're trying to make a bubble bath, what would you do at this point if you're trying to make a bubble bath? Pour out like half the bottle. <laughs> Add more soap, right? So yeah. if we initially put five drops of soap in there now, I'm gonna double that up so that we have 10 drops. One, two, three, four, five. I'll shake this up again. So this time around, there's ever so slightly some bubbles and suds, but are you guys going to really have a good of a bubble bath with this? Now, like what you can also start to notice here too is that the soap scum is actually starting to like stick to the glass. You go back to the first one though. The soap never does that whatsoever. So go one more time. We have 10 drops of soap in this one already. And I'm going to add five more so that we're going to have three times the amount of soap in this one than the one we started with. One, two, three, four, five. And then we finally got some bubbles, but you know, it's still just not up to the top like the first one was at all. So before we got going here tonight, I had asked you guys how many of you guys had water softeners. I don't think anyone said that they had a water softener, but how many of you guys, when you're washing your hair with shampoo, do you have bubbles in your hair? Come on, ladies. No, I don't. I use sulfate-free shampoo. Yeah, me too lately. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. But me too. Generally speaking, what, what I'm kind of going at here is, is that if you all have hard water conditions, how are you able to even have any kind of suds at the end of the day? And the answer is, is that we're paying for the softening agents. So when you look at your soaps, the first thing that you usually see is sodium lauryl sulfate, sodium bicarbonate, sodium, whatever. By adding salt to the water, that's what's making your shampoos or your soaps ultimately work in these hard water conditions. Oh, so in a sense, shit. when you fix the water, it just makes it work so much easier, right? So for example, uh, Kelly, um, in your family, do you guys use any toilet bowl cleaners? Yep. Here, let me get this list up here. We go. Okay. Um, how about a bar of soap? No, we use mo mostly like the, you know, liquid stuff. Fair enough. Okay. But it's still kind of used like uh, laundry detergent. 
I sure do. How about liquid bleach? I do. Once in a while. Once in a while? Okay. I just yeah. won't even mark it. How about um, bounce for fabric softening? Yes. Okay. How about any stain removers like shout? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Okay. How about any dishwasher detergent? Yes. Rinse aids? What's like that? Finish? Like the stuff you put in the dishwasher that makes it all sparkly and clean afterwards? Is in the combo thing? Yeah, you can say yeah. Well, you know where it's together. I fucking I don't know. Fair enough. How about scouring pads, powders, metal and porcelain cleaners? No. No. How about all-purpose cleaners like Pine Sol, Spick and Span, Mister yeah. Clean? How about oven cleaner? Yeah. Yeah. Window cleaner? Yep. Uh, tub and tile cleaner? Yes. And then how about like a shampooer for the rugs? What was that? Like a shampooer? A shampoo? Like a shampooer, you know, like for doing the carpeting, like a thistle shampooer kind of a thing. Do you have anything like that or? No, I rent one. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So like out of all those things that you just kind of said yes to and stuff, would it be fair to say you spend about $20 a month on all this kind of stuff at least? Oh, yeah. So like on the list that we have with Kelly here, you have the $20 that's being kind of spent like that on here. So with the soap test that we just kind of showed you here, you're going to use four times less the amount of soap to accomplish the amount of cleaning that you're going to have done. So now things are going to last longer. So that's the cool thing is that by actually treating your water, it's going to be saving you money at the same time, which is pretty cool. So um, Kelly, have you ever given your kids a bubble bath? I'm sure you have, right? Oh yeah. Now, would you ever um, you make a bubble bath for your kids with plain old ivory soap? No, no, no. Why not? Right? That's they they not just told it to you just buy bubble bath, right? I don't know. It's not the swap kids stuff. I don't know. But if you have the water conditioner in your house then you can or water softener in your house then you could probably use that to make a bubble bath because it makes more bubbles right there you go that's kind of where we're going with it Tammy so full of water hard water goes in here So generally speaking, um, if you were to do something like that, you kind of get all this grayness and everything like that and whatnot. Now that's kind of enough, we're going to turn on the mini pump. Some more water in here. Back on for a second. 
This time around, I'm filling the water that's going through the mini softener. And this time we're gonna try making a bubble bath with this. This time I just kind of got my hand wet this time and just kind of got a couple turns of the soap around my hand. And so with this, you can actually make a bubble bath with plain old ivory soap. So with ivory oh, wow. soap, you can do that. With ivory soap, you can actually shave with it as well too. Since I learned all this water stuff, I started stopped using like the canned shaving cream stuff and I've just been using ivory soap and that's it. It's the best shave I've ever had too. Wow. For the wind, you still there? I think we lost you. Yeah, I'm, I'm back here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. So, um, give me one second here. What demonstrations did I miss? He showed the um, hardness of about five different water samples that he had. And um, he changed the pH and then tested uh, for the hardness within the water and some of it, um, the water, the stuff from Fond du Lac was like um, greater than 99 grains per whatever his measurement was. So it was like, I'm surprised it wasn't rocks coming out of the faucet. That's interesting. In, in some instances, that's exactly kind of what happens. And uh, the one in the middle there was the one from Fond du Lac. Okay, so was, I, I borrowed my girlfriend Molly here. I'm going to kind of show you guys a test that um, it, it's it's awesomer to do it in person with somebody so you can actually feel it, but I'm going to use her as the, kind of the guinea pig here for you guys. So uh, Molly, why don't you come on over here? Put the camera down here. Okay, so Molly, I'm going to have you pick up the ivory soap here. Just go ahead and start washing your hands with that.
Okay, now Molly, as you're washing your hands right now, describe to everybody what your hands feel like as you're washing your hands. Besides freezing cold. <laughs> Describing the feeling at this moment. Very thick, very lathery. Okay, now wash them off under the water now. And when you're doing that, what does that feel like to you? Very rough, dry feeling, scratchy. Okay. So rough, scratchy, dry feeling, right? So now this time around, go ahead and pick up the soap again. And then we'll have you do this. Now wash just this right hand, just the right hand. Okay, we'll do that. Now keep rinsing your hand off as you're doing that. So describe to everybody, what does that feel like to you? Very slimy. Very slimy. So natural you, oils. Yeah. So what Molly's feeling right now, you guys, this is her natural skin oil coming to the surface of your skin. So when you think about like the dermatologist commercials that we see and they show us our like pores all up close and everything, the hardness, this rock that's basically in the water is what makes the soap just not work and that's what goes in our pores plugging them up so that's why molly's actually feeling soft silky everything coming on and her natural skin oils coming on through whereas with that hand again molly just watch that hand now what do you still feel over there feels a lot different doesn't feel oily slimy anymore okay now don't touch your hands okay one second. Your hands there. Can you guys see Molly's hands there? They're right there. Yep. Nope. Oh, I don't see it. Okay. Maybe it's for this one. So we're going to try to stay right here in the camera for everybody, Molly. Okay, so put your hands over my hands on the towel here. Mm -hmm. Can everyone see Molly's hands right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, so Molly, go ahead and pick up your left hand and tell everybody what you smell. Soap. Soap, right? <laughs> okay. Now go ahead and uh, smell your right hand. What does that smell like? Not as strong. Okay, now go ahead and take your left hand. Taste it. What do you taste? Well, I can't tell because I haven't mentioned them all. <laughs> but I know it would taste different. Okay, and then try your other one. But I can tell for those who do stuff with sensory, I can definitely feel the difference. My left hand, which is the hardness, is kind of like a stiff, kind of like a rough feeling when I do touch it to like my lips or my tongue, whereas my right hand that has been in the soft water feels um, like very gentle, almost a little bit after like putting lotion on, more of a smooth, tender feeling. Okay, okay. Thank you for your help, appreciate it. Wow, yeah, I'm definitely uh, gonna have to check you out because after 
I take a shower and stuff. Like I have to put lotion on right away because it's like my skin tightens up to where, wow, that's eye opening. And that's the crazy thing. Like when there are people with eczema issues or my good friend, Matthew, who used to work with me um, when he had his fourth child now, I think um, when the baby was born head to toe was covered in rashes, red spots, everything. And it was just from the coarseness, how hard the Shana water was. So like there's regular hardness in the water. And if you guys kind of see back here, like the one on the left here is the hardness that I have from Appleton. But the one in the middle there, that's from Fond du Lac. So the more and more crap that's in the water, that's what you're showering and everything as well too. So when they got their water treated, the baby went from being red head to toe to looking like a normal baby actually. So it's so funny because at the end of the day, they always say, well, dermatologists recommend this or try this or try this soap or product or whatever. And at the end of the day, it's the water that's causing all these problems and stuff. And we keep going to all these other things to try to get the solution that still just don't work at the end of the day. So uh, Kelly, do you, do you use a uh, body or hand lotions? Yeah, I use a body lotion. Okay. How about like makeup removers? Yep. Uh, shaving cream? Uh, not enough to put yes. We'll put a yes. Okay. How about shampoos and conditioners? Yeah. Um, bath oil, bubble baths? Yep. Uh, shaving blades, razors? Oh, yeah. Hand soap? Yes. Body wash? Yes. And um, lotions, hand lotions? Yes. Okay. So they say like the average American on these personal items alone, we spend about $15 a week on these types of items. Would that be true in your family as well? Yeah, 10, 12 bucks. I'll say about 10 a week. So in a sense, you know, on the top half of those things, people are spending about $20 a week on those things. So with being able to see that when you change your water, that'll save you four times the amount of money on that $20 every week. So you don't use it as fast. And the same thing is true with these personal items where some of these things you just don't use at all anymore. Like I stopped buying shaving cream because there's ivory soap and you don't sometimes need to use a conditioner because your hair is already silky and smooth already because the water is treated too. So it's amazing what all, all the things that water does and what you can actually do with it. So, so this is pretty much yeah. all the working water side of things. What was that, Mike? I think that's a big thing, especially with women because you know, you got women that look like they got dry hair and it's just frizzy. And I think yeah. that water would make a big difference for the looks of women's hair. I, I agree. I mean, you're absolutely right. That was one of those benefits that my girlfriend has with living with me too. So she likes the water system here. So, so I'm really thankful that Molly was able to help out with that demonstration. But um, one of the things that 
you will notice like when you do that demonstration part properly is, is that when you go to taste your left and right hands, one hand will not taste like soap because it was all washed off in the softened water. But because the hard water was present in the other one, you'll taste the soap left on your hand. And that's just that whole core concept of everything here. So. so I've got four cups. And I'm going to show you guys. Have you ever uh, made tea? Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen this stuff before? Yep. 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 That's what I grew up with. So in one cup, I'm going to put my reverse osmosis water from home here in it. Get these all in the microwave here. We're going to make some tea. Can I actually see what's in the water? Um, Then we have so this first one here. This one came from Scandinavia. Water sample from yesterday. Where'd the Fond du Lac water go? A for the win. Valerie had a question mm. for you. Go for it. Go ahead, Valerie. I, I, I was just curious if this was a salt pellet using system. Yeah. Um, so water softeners, they're going to use salt. Yeah. And then not all machine is created equal. There are some that just use salt differently in a way. Um, so they save people salt, whereas some of them, um, I'll, I'll explain it like this here. So I have this pump inside of here. And from the pump, the pump is running the water from directionally coming down. And then it's coming out this tube over here. So this type of setup, this is considered a downflow setup. So back in the day when softeners were made, this is what they did. Now you can do the same thing except in reverse direction. So I can actually take this off. Well, let's do this way. I can have it set up now like this so that the pump is pumping in the water from the bottom 
And then this would be considered an upflow format. So if you're thinking about um, cleaning up the media, so the media inside of here, um, the way the softener works is when that water sits with the salt, it's gonna create a brine solution. And that salt is gonna dissolve the hardness material off the media, okay? So then let's say a softener regenerates, does its thing once every two weeks. At two weeks time, um, it's probably, I'm just, just making up that just based on, you know, someone's water usage, but um, in that two weeks worth of time, it's gonna have all the hardness on this media and stuff. So the salt's gonna dissolve it off of the bed. So in the first setup, when I was describing, it would be a downflow setup, water going down first, and then in the middle, it's coming up the riser tube. Whereas you can do it the other way around as well, so that the water is actually coming down the riser tube, and then it flows back up this way. So when you do an upflow type of setting, you can save the amount of salt because the water flow is going to go this way up the bed so that the first part of the bed down here gets cleaned at the same even increment as the bed up here gets cleaned. Whereas the downflow, you don't clean this part of the bed down here until the water gets that far. So that's one of the biggest differences with one of my vendors that I have are salt savings. So here in Appleton with five, six grains hard water, I get about 2,500, 3,000 gallons of softened water between re regenerations. Whereas someone in Fond du Lac with harder water, 15 grains hard, may only get about 15, 1600 grains of softened water before the machine needs to do its thing again. So it all just kind of depends on what kind of water you're working with. The cleaner it is, the easier it is on the machine and the more volume you're gonna get out of it. Whereas if you're in a really tough situation, like some of my customers in Fond du Lac or Kukana, some of them may go through three, four bags of salt a month because there's just that much rock in it. Does that help answer your question? Yes, absolutely. So when I first got into this whole water thing with everything, This tea, I saw it every day of my life growing it up. My dad's side of the family is from Afghanistan. I don't know if you guys know anything about Middle Eastern people, but they love their tea. And we drink this tea, breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. And what I'm about to show you guys is kind of like what really sold me on everything with all this. So we got the three samples over here. Yeah, I had a really good friend that was from the Middle East, and whenever we would go to his house, his wife would always make us tea, and that's the best tea ever. Do you guys actually know? Do you guys actually know what this tea is called? What type of tea this is? Lipton. Southern black. Who, who said black? I did. That's what we called it every day in my life, black tea, right?
So does this look kind of familiar to the tea that you guys kind of yes. had? Okay. Set that down. Oh my. So from the samples here, let's go like this. On the box here, that's the color of the tea that they depict. This is actually called orange pico tea. How many people have heard that type of tea name before? Yes, I have. I'm proud of you because I've never heard of it until I got into doing this and everything. Because growing it up, growing up, we always just called it black tea. So let's do this. I'm going to dump these out into a clear glass so you can actually really see the color. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? That's beautiful, though. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what have I been drinking all these years? So hardness is defined as dissolved calcium, magnesium, some traces of iron into your water. Okay, But when we get our water quality reports from the city, there's a whole host of other things that they say that's in our water as well, too. There are names that I can't even say the names of. They're that complicated to say. Like, you know, like it doesn't sound healthy to, for us, to say the least. So. Let me pull these other tea bags out, though. Wow, it looks just like it's been advertised. <laughs> yeah, can you That's pour another one in thing. a clear glass? Sure. Yeah. So you see the blackness next to the, the way it should be. Oh, wow. 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 So then like your mugs, like all the coffee stains, tea stains, all that kind of stuff. It's all the heavy metals. It's all the extra crap that's basically in the water. So when you remove these things out of the water, how much better everything starts tasting, how much everything starts tasting better in terms of like food, pastas, potatoes. When you cook potatoes, you have that ring in the saucepan. That's all this hardness content. That's all the rock basically that's in the water. So when you take that stuff out, everything just starts to taste better as well too. 
you know, as I was, I was a kid, I used to see like in my grandparents' house, the coffee stains cups. And it's funny that you brought that up and they lived in Milwaukee. Wow, man, this is eye opening. The or orange Pico tea, like it's amazing what actually looks like the box. Like that one just blows my mind every time. Um, coffee looks a little bit cleaner as well too. Uh, the Mike Lindell's My Coffee. By the way, if you use promo code CPNN at checkout, you can save up to 66% at checkout. And I tell you, there's more caffeine in this stuff than any other coffee I've ever had. It's wonderful. It really, really is. So earlier today, Mike, when I was talking to you, um, I was not able to find that last test. Um, I think I have a picture at least I can show, but it's just not going to do it justice here. Let me see if I can find that. You know, I got a question. Have you done any demonstrations yeah. for like restaurants and stuff? Because I'm almost wondering, you know, when we go to a restaurant, we uh, we usually get like water with lemon in it. And they're probably just mm -hmm. using tap water now that I'm thinking about it. They probably are. And the whole reason why they put the lemon in the water is to mask the chlorine in the water. Well, I know um, I always ask for a lemon. Do you? Okay. But sometimes, you know, some restaurants, if you're at one of those nicer ones, you know, they'll, they'll bring you the lemon water and you're like, oh, wow, that's so, that's so nice. How upscale of you. But all it is is just water coming out of the tap right from the city. And there it is. So the right. interesting thing about chlorine is that um, inside of a water softener, the media that's inside of here, the chlorine will actually break down the media inside the softener. So depending on what kind of city setting that you're in, here we tested my Appleton water. It was five grains hard. The TDS was 120 parts per million. In the state of Wisconsin, I think this is probably one of the best municipalities in terms of these two numbers out there. It's pretty clean. But um, say you're in Fond du Lac. Yeah, this stuff here. So because of all this extra stuff that's just floating in the water, they have to add extra stuff. So in most cities, they're gonna chlorinate the water so that it's clean for us. But then because the hardness content in some places is so high, they have to add bromine to the water. It's another disinfecting agent. And they have to use that because at that point, the chlorine levels that they're adding into would be very, very noticeable, would make you freaked out. So the bromine helps cover up the chlorine in water. It's just one of those things that this is how we have to purify water these days. So, you know, we wash our food, we purify our water. You know, are, are we doing enough in terms of at the city level delivering it to people? Because we're paying for the stuff at the end of the day. Like, what makes me here in Appleton any better than somebody in Fond du Lac? Shouldn't we have better quality, better sources of water? Yeah, that should be across America. So on the screen, um, I have this 
page up here, it says pure water isn't a good conductor of electricity. Water with high dissolved solids can conduct an electrical current. So, I'll do this for you guys. Distilled water. Pick up some, next time you guys are at the grocery store, pick some of this up and pick up a green pepper or an apple. Okay. And then have two glasses. Pour one glass distilled water. Pour the other glass from your tap, whatever spring water you have. And then cut slices of the apple, cut slices of the green pepper, and put you know put samples of each ones into the water. So once you have like green pepper soaking in distilled water, it's gonna rinse all the chemicals, all the crap off of it, and everything. And when you actually smell it, it's gonna smell like a green pepper. But then when you have the other green pepper in the other water, that's from your city, for example, it's not gonna have a smell like that whatsoever to it. It's not gonna have a taste like the other one as well either. It's not gonna taste like a green pepper because the chlorine that's in the water is basically killing all the nutrients, disinfecting all the nutrients and um, the way that you know, fruit or vegetable tastes. So when you go and buy your fruits and vegetables in the grocery store and then you bring them home and wash them, a couple of days later, they start to wilt and they start to you know, go bad on you. It's all these chemicals that are being activated again, basically from washing them. It never truly gets rinsed off of it. So I swear by my reverse osmosis system up on my tap, I have two taps, the regular city water that I'll generally use for, you know, just cleaning dishes. Soap scum comes off just like that. Um, here, let's do that again. Oh, that's the test. That's the test. That's the one that you guys need to see. Who, 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 who's the wine drinkers here? Kelly, are you a wine drinker? How, Not how do you really. wash your wine glass? Not really? Oh. Well, Angie if you had a... Angie? Angie's the wine drinker? Okay. How do you wash your wine glasses? You what? How do you wash your wine glasses? Dishwasher. Dishwasher? Me too. Yep. Now, when they come out of the dishwasher, how do they look for you? They look clear. I mean, it looks pretty good. I haven't noticed anything weird about it. <laughs> I've noticed though like I drink once in a while or like they look kind of steamy or foggy at places sometimes you know what I mean how about uh, water spots if I just let this glass dry it's going to have the water spots all over it right so yeah. This is kind of like a good test to show with like the salts that are in the soap. So when Angie's using the dishwasher to wash the wine glasses, they come out sparkling clean because of the added salts that are part of the soap here then. Now, would any of you guys ever use ivory soap to wash a wine glass? No. Neither would I. No. 
that's what I'm going to do here. Oh, I got to fix this here. I can't have yet to go software doing demonstration here. Rinse the wine glass here. And get the wine glass all soapy here. If you guys can see that or not. Oh, yeah, that looks dirty. So what's amazing about this is that just with plain old ivory soap, you make a wine glass sparkle all clean and pretty and crystally and clean actually. Have you ever looked into what the bad water can do to like, because there's people that wash their cars at home, like what that bad water can do to the paint or car, could it cause rust or whatever? Um, well, I hooked up my outside taps so that I can tell them to be hard or soft water. So I definitely like to clean this car in just soft water because you don't have this effect have happening. True. So one of the things that's going to be noticeable right away is there's a little bit of some water spots that are left behind on this glass. And that's what's going to dry on the glass. Whereas the one that I just did I wish this camera didn't have a light on it so you could see it better, but let's see if it can help. Yeah, you can tell it. It's going to be streak-free and everything. So if you have like a glass shower door, the water spots, cleaning that is a thing of the past. The shower downstairs here, all I do is just rinse it with the shower sprayer, and that's it. So there's less cleaning and all that stuff to do as well, too. So... So there's many benefits of having a system in your house, but more importantly, I feel like if there was something to have is to be able to actually have clean drinking water at your disposable, not buying it by the jug. One of my first memories of anything to do with water was from the movie, The Jungle Book. In the beginning of that movie, they show that woman like foraging for water, holding that pot on her head. Like we're not we're not very far off from that with our SUVs and loading up a five gallon jug of water these days into the back of our cars. So the convenience factor and everything is pretty wonderful too. So, so um, that's pretty much all the things that I have to share with you guys here that I can share with you here tonight. 
um, let, let's open up for some questions and we can talk more and more about this. If uh, any members or admins have a question for, for the win, we are now in Q&A. I do. Yeah, I have questions. Well, Valerie and then Kelly. I was just curious if you've got city water and you know there's a lot of chlorine in your water, is it better to put some kind of a pre-filter before the water goes into the softener where it doesn't, you know, damage the softener? Yep. There's a couple different setups that you can do. And I'll show you one of the things that I've been doing for my customers here. So this is like a, this is a carbon tank. This is like half of a regular size tank. And this has a half a cubic foot of carbon inside of here. So for my customers, I'll come out once a year, swap out the current tank for the existing tank or for a new tank, I should say with new media, new softening or not softening, new carbon inside of it. That removes the chlorine and the chemicals all out of the water. So that's this setup here. I'll show you another one too. So this is my water softener setup downstairs here. So um, this type of setup, this is what they would do with someone with really, really high iron content is with one valve connecting two tanks like this. So because I had an extra one of these, I connected this tank. This one has a cubic foot of carbon inside of that. So the water is going to first flow through that, then through the softener and then through the whole house. So this is going to act as the pre-filter before this tank in a sense. Now you can also have it done where this also has its own valve, this has its own valve, and they're two separate machines. And then from another one of my suppliers, I have a machine that also does all of this all in one tank. So it all just kind of depends on what your setup is like in terms of water quality. How many people live in your house? How big is the house? And there's just some systems that are better for certain things when it comes to well water versus city water, or if that city water is basically well water. Because some, like here in Appleton, we have um, the water basically pumped right out of Lake Winnebago as an open source type of water source. Whereas some city systems will actually pump the water right out of the earth. So it's like well water, but then they'll take it and pull it through one of their treatment facilities and then it has the chlorine and that type of stuff in that, that plant as well. And then there's some cities that just don't even do the filtration beforehand. They just pump it out of the earth and say, here you go. And that's it. So it just kind of all depends on where you live. Yeah, it comes from an, an aquifer, but then it is treated. Okay, my question is, simple, how much is it for like a system? Is there different ones, different levels, and do you have to pay monthly? And um, can you tell a little, little bit about the price range? 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked, Kelly. Um, generally speaking, what I've been doing is about 2,500 a unit. So, so let me go back downstairs here. So this is the reverse osmosis unit that I have. And I have a couple different styles of these as well too. So with this setup, I have this one feeding the faucet that you saw next to my main faucet on the sink upstairs. And then I also have a water line that goes to the refrigerator as well then too. Oh, I didn't show you guys that, I'll show you that too. So there's that setup. And then the setup that you just saw here as well too, the tank next to it, that's what's holding the salt. So then it just kind of depends on where you're at. If you're on well water, sometimes you need a machine for treating iron. So you gotta test the water and make sure that the water is clean and stuff. If it's city water, usually we can find a water quality report and then they'll tell us how hard the water is, the TDS of it, if there's anything else in it that is usually a water softener can take care of. So that's usually about my price point that I have been at with it all. So then, No, go ahead, sorry. I'm gonna go back upstairs with this. I'll show that last. I wanna show another thing and then I'll say that. But that's kind of like about the price point that I have been at. Generally speaking, um, 5,000, that's, that's usually about like the right price for a home. Um, at the old company, they were charging 8,000. So I'm a one man van basically, and I just wanna be able to take care of people and do it the right way and be able to Get the best equipment out to people so that's kind of where i've been sitting with that um monthly I, I can finance things as well too so everything's always affordable zero down um usually a, like i think five thousand i think it's less than like 80 bucks a month it's pretty affordable um let me find this last slide here for you to be honest it's not bad when it comes to your health to where I definitely might get one of them from you myself. And what I got a question. Could you, so say if you get that installed and you eventually sell your house or if you move, could you, could you bring that with you? Well, it all depends on who you are for you, Mike, anything. I'll pull it out and move it for you, no problem. But if if you're persistent out in South Carolina, <laughs> you know, for folks that want equipment all over the country, the cool thing is, is that I can drop ship equipment to you. So like if you guys, for example, want a system, you have a family member or a friend that wants a system and you guys live nearby, it's cheaper for the shipping for me to ship it to just to one of you hire a plumber and they can install it for both systems. Or if somebody is willing to get their hands dirty and install it themselves, I'd be more than happy to stay on the phone and walk you through step-by-step-by-step by step by step what to do. It's not the hardest thing at the end of the day if you have the right tools, but um, that, that that's a question down the road at that point. But if anyone wants a system, by all means, I'll make it happen for them and however the easiest way it is and stuff, so. 
Nice. Thanks. And if a member has a question, if you just press that middle button, we can call on you. All right, Shannon, you're up. Can you still see the screen I'm sharing as well too with this deterioration to your clothes? We could this see the one with one. the uh, the the tees. Mm, let's see. Can you see this one now, the deterioration to your clothing? Yep. yep. Okay. So washable items such as clothing, towels, linens, wear out 15% faster in raw tap water than they do in softened water. So one of the things that I've done is at first, I was just never using a fabric softener whatsoever. Because you don't need to. When you have soft water, your jeans come out the way they do. They're not crinkly. They're not any of that kind of stuff. Um, but I do like a little bit of a fabric softener now, just so that there's a little bit of a scent. I do like that. Your cleaning has cut down in your home by a third. Okay, so then here's the Battelle 2009 soft water benefits studies. So they went through laboratory conditions and then they kind of started comparing and contrasting things. So they did this one with water heaters. I think I might have these out of order. Uh, the dishwashers. So this was the hard water result on the left, the soft water on the right. And in this type of an example, this is like with iron, like with well water type of examples and stuff like that. And you can just see how much of that crab just starts to cake on inside of a dishwasher. If you're in the city of Kakana, that's just 10 minutes east of me here. They have probably one of the worst water sources in the state at 40 to 60 grains hard. And if you do not have a water softener, your dishwasher, your hot water tank, your washing machine will last max six months to a year, max. Wow. And that's just the coarseness of that water doing it. So this was the um, gas hot water tank versus the electric hot water tanks with hard water versus soft water. So when you kind of think about it like this as well too, where if you have more crap in the water, let me do it this way. Here, I gotta turn on the camera again. You do have another do question. Have question. Here, let me say this and then I'll get to the question here. When you have all this extra stuff that's in the water compared to this, if I'm not mistaken, I think on gas hot water tanks, it's gonna save 29% on heating. Electric is 21% on heating. And that's just because there's less crap in the water to ultimately heat up. What was the question now? Uh, Miss America. All right, for the win. You ready for me? <laughs> Talk to me. 
So I'm going to ask multiple questions here, but at the end of the day, shouldn't we be petitioning our water companies to be treating the water differently before it even comes into our house? Because they're, they're literally adding crap and covering stuff up for us to take it all back out. And then on top of that, we pay for it. That's probably the most frustrating part about it is that if it's the government, if they're providing a service to us and we're paying for it, naturally we're assuming, hey, they've got our backs. But like I said earlier, where you can go from one municipality to the next, every water source is different. Not every city might have Lake Winnebago right in its backyard that you can draw the water source from. Take Flint, Michigan. They had great water at one point, and then all of a sudden they made a bad deal where they said to the city next to them, tell you what, you guys take the wastewater and clean it up for everybody. We'll take care of the other side of it. Um, So then because of that, they needed more water because Flint was going to be supplying the water for Flint and the neighboring city. So they changed the source of the water from the city to the river, and all the companies that were on the river polluted the crap out of it and that's why they have all the arsenic problems and all the other bad water problems that they have now so there was no choice for those people unfortunately to go back to drawing that source from the lake they're stuck with that now so like if you're in one of these cities that doesn't have the lake and you're forced to pump it right out of the aquifers or right out of the ground where you are you know you're at the mercy of where you live there if you see a hardness map of the United States, like in Minneapolis to Wisconsin, the Midwest, North Midwest up here, the water's got awful, terrible. In, in the Twin Cities area where I grew up, it's anywhere from 25 to 40 grains hard in every city. And in the East Metro, 3M, that's where they are, they polluted their water supplies and they got sued for, I think, $90 million four or five years ago. And to the communities that they affected, they were court ordered to put reverse osmosis units into those homes to take out all these bad things out of the water that they polluted. So really the only remedy that I have heard is if you're a bad company that does something bad enough where you're court ordered to have remedies for these people, but we're at the mercy of what our cities give us at the end of the day. So. Well, should we be petitioning for a bill to pass stricter water regulations or, or something like that? I mean, I would, I would like to, but you know more than I do that if there is money, it just goes to Ukraine these days. I, I would love to fix our water. I would love to petition and have these things done there, but the money and everything has to come from somewhere and the priorities of what these people tell us just isn't where it is, unfortunately, right now. And I understand that. In my case, we actually have our own water supply that supplies water to about 4,000 people, maybe 6,000 people. So this is where my brain goes because I am on Fond du Lac kind of water. I mean, I tested my water before the show and it was at 444 parts. Um, So, but coming out of my reverse osmosis, which I'm going to circle back, I think it was... uh, I don't know who asked the first question, but it was barely at 34. So that was much better. But what I learned in Mm -hmm. the process was, is I had the system installed about a year ago 
And because I do not have a water softener or any sort of system to filter my water before it comes to my reverse osmosis, I actually burnt out my membrane. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's just this domino effect. If you don't take care of one thing, something else happens. And then again, the hard water, like you mentioned, ruins all your appliances. I mean, the rings in the toilet, and we can go on and on and on about this. But so then again, I'm just trickling back to why aren't we the people standing up for having better water just flow into our pipes? Well, the, the, the slide that I have up here says, why can't the city provide clean water? It's economically impossible to provide clean water citywide. No other disinfectants are as economical as chlorine. Short-staffed and underfunded would cost billions to pull up old pipe and replace. So to that point, like in the city of Milwaukee in the late 80s and 90s, there was a huge, hey, there's lead in our water and all our lead pipes are the culprit of all this. So with the city of Milwaukee, they've been taking the last 40 years basically of replacing pieces of pipe so that there's less lead in the water and stuff. And that in some places in Milwaukee, if you're a homeowner or a renter, whatever you get into at that point, they do disclose this stuff to you. They say, by the way, your water might have lead in it. We don't want there to be lead in it, but we have to just tell you. And this disclosure is just simply the next best thing that these cities can do because of how the cost of cleaning this stuff up is ultimately, so. Okay, so on that note then, if everyone was looking at their own home, you would technically have to look at the pipes too, right? So I can put this system on, I can buy a new water heater, I can, you know, actually filter the water before it goes through the pipes, but not knowing what my pipes are before it comes out of my faucet, that's technically a disadvantage and could cause other problems too, right? Yes. So um, this picture that I just pulled up here, this pipe up here, this is a copper pipe with a lot of calcium built up inside of it. Now, generally speaking, copper with this amount of buildup in here, this would probably be like Fond du Lac water for like 40, 50 years. That's a lot of freaking calcium buildup in there. But if you have galvanized steel, you'll have this type of an effect less than 10 years if that was brand new. So like in today's plumbing, they never do galvanized steel anymore because it's not the most appropriate anything anymore. But once you have a water treatment system and then that's online, that soft water is so clean and pure over the course of time, it'll start to help remove the stuff that's already in those pipes. But a pipe like what you guys see on here is very, very extreme. In most cases, you'll have some copper oxidizing in the inside of the pipe. Or it might have some lime scale or it might have a little bit of some rockiness to it. But it's less than a millimeter thick, typically. This is just a very extreme example that can happen if all the conditions are right. Uh, that would look like something that's probably the case in my case. So you're saying that over time, a, a good system would actually clean that. So 
from what I saw, you doing carbon, right? Which I understand the whole concept of that before it even comes into the house. But where does the water softener come in? So that's salt. So adding salt to the water then, you technically don't want to drink that because then you're increasing your salt intake, which could raise your blood pressure. You always then want to take the salt out before you drink it, correct? Right. So it, it's funny. When you're in these old farm homes in Wisconsin here, uh, up to the kitchen sink, they'll have a hot and a cold, but then there's a third cold pipe that's a raw, non-softened line. And they would call that the drinking water back then because of the softeners that they had 40, 50 to 100 years ago. They were not efficient. They used the salt. They were able to inject the salt brine into the tank. But the way they backwashed and rinsed out, they didn't fully ever rinse out all the salt out of them. And on top of that, they weren't smart either. These valves would be regenerating every single night. So the water softener, for example, we had growing up would regenerate every night. We would go through four 50-pound blocks of salt, 200 pounds of salt every month just for that thing to work. And that was just an old machine that did its thing every night. Whereas like my machine here with Molly and I here, we get almost 3,000 gallons of water to use before it goes to regenerate. So in a given year, we go through on an upflow setting, not a downflow, um, about three bags of salt a year. But if you have more hardness in your water, you might go through six bags of salt. If you're in Fond du Lac, you might go through four every month. It, it's just how bad their water is. So it just kind of depends on where you live ultimately. I guess so my I guess the answer to your question wonder. was is that with these systems now, I don't have any worry of any kind of added salt content if you were to drink it because these machines these days rinse the crap out. There isn't all that extra salt content that's left in the lines behind it. But on top of it, I wouldn't even want to drink softened water because of all the extra crap that's still left behind. There's chlorine, there's chemicals, there's sediments, there's pharmaceuticals, there's all that other extra crap in it. And those carbon tanks will take out the chlorine and some chemicals out of it. But with the reverse osmosis system, that's the only way to drink water. You know, all these bottled water companies, if it's not spring water, it's purified doing something to some degree, whether if it's using reverse osmosis like I have, or a distiller, or ozone, or one of these three com, you know, technologies combined, ultimately, they'll do. And some of them don't even do that. They'll just bottle it up and sell it for five bucks, a five-gallon water jug, and say, here you go. Came right out of my well at home. I can see the salt being good for the skin, but just not for drinking, I guess was my point. But there's a great test I've done with my animals and everybody should do it. If you have reverse osmosis water, just set down a bowl and then set down a bowl of the regular water and watch. They'll drink. I mean, they just, they, their senses tell you that it's better. Um, with, with, with reverse osmosis water, you're obviously taking everything out of it. And I understand the concept of that. I personally add minerals to it. Do you recommend that? You, you can get filters that remineral, remineralize the water 
as the, like the last thing that it does before it comes out of the tap. You can do that. But um, let's give you guys a better example. I was trying to remember what I was trying to do and now I finally remembered. So um, let's do it this way. Let me know if you guys can see this. This is my ice cube. And they're clear, they're see-through like that. Now in the middle of them, they still kind of have a little white inside of them. But that's just a little bit of the air basically being frozen within the water. Whereas earlier today, I had that Fond du Lac water. I put it in this cup, but the ice is just completely gray. It's cloudy. There's no clearness to it. And that's all the extra dissolved solids that's in the water as well, too. So my point basically being is, is well, okay, let's say this was softened water. All the stuff would still remain inside of there. It's not clean and pure after going through reverse osmosis. So the preference being is to have the reverse osmosis so that you do have clean and pure water for drinking, for cooking, and going through the refrigerator as well too. And the best part about that is that most refrigerators, you don't even have to use a fridge filter anymore because you're using the filters off of the reverse osmosis unit. So it's just one less thing that you have to buy as well then too. Do you have a dark background so you could show that again? It didn't show up on the Oh, that, that would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, let's see here. I've done a ton of water tests and freezing water. It's actually absolutely amazing. I'll have to share that with you guys. See like how like on the sides. Looks like a hockey puck. My phone might be a little better camera. I think you can see that a lot better now. You see like how like the ridge of it, it's just crystal clear. It's just see-through like that. Yep. Yep. That's how it comes out. Whereas Oh wow. There really isn't much see-through of anything to it. It's just this might actually come out of the cup now. Let's see if I can get it out. Well, I'm sure all the dentists out there in Fond du Lac's probably pretty pissed off that you're doing this video right now.
here's that cup from earlier the tea stains that were just in there for just a couple minutes that that was in there but this one that's been sitting there for a while you can really start to see that imagine what that's doing to people's tea you know it's it's interesting. Look at your toothpastes. I mean, this is a good conversation to have is what kind of toothpaste are you guys using? Because for the longest time I was a crest guy and, you know, used all that stuff. And then I looked at it and it had fluoride in it. So there's Tom's that's fluoride free. There's Burpees, there's fluoride free. There's a lot of fluoride free ones out there. And then there's this Dr. Bronner's that they make a good all natural peppermint one. It's 60% all organic, everything. And I've had really good luck with that as well too. So I've just now learned, um, I should say, being back in Minnesota two weeks ago doing service before Christmas, or I should say after Christmas, um, I met a 33 degree Master Mason. And when I was swapping out the carbon tank, he was like, oh, we have to do that too. And he was kind of bummed about that, the cost, that whole thing, you know. And then he's like, well, does that take out the fluoride? Carbon will take out fluoride. He said, great, sign me up with that. So with him being a Mason and the first thing he was all worried about was the fluoride and everything. Um, I hooked up the refrigerator and their bathroom was on the other side of that. And that's how he had his refrigerator hooked up from the get go. And he was using Sensodyne brand tooth toothpaste and that has fluoride in it. And I showed him there's fluoride in this stuff and he started freaking out. Well, what should I use? So for someone to know that you need to have the fluoride out being a mason and then using that toothpaste i thought that was just really telling for someone to have that type of reaction to me and then oh it takes the fluoride out perfect great just just take care of everything well usually the wife does the shopping so he's probably going to tell her to start uh looking for some fluoride free well and when I got talking with him, he was talking about the fluoride being the thing that calcifies your pineal gland. And him, of all people, said, wow. okay, you don't want to have your third eye blocked. So these are things that I'm just saying that you know, if, if he's making us think about it, maybe us as regular people should be making us think about it, too. I know there was one more question, but I totally lost it in all this, so I may come back around. But thank you. I appreciate your input. I mean, say you're a bottled water drinker. The average American will drink the equivalent of a credit card every year in microplastics. So say you're one of these drinkers. Okay, great. You're getting your water. You're getting clean water. But at the end of the day, you're drinking plastic, too. So there's a lot of ways to purify water. I've just learned that the systems here make it really convenient, really easy, and your skin's going to love you. I remembered my question. Distilled water. I just recently heard it does not take out chlorine all the way. Is that true? Well, earlier when I put my TDS meter in the distilled, it was testing at one part per million and then went down to zero. 
distilled should truly be zero. There should be nothing but H2O in distilled water. So say you're, you know, in a third world country, they drop ship, you know, a bunch of water to those people and they drop shipped a bunch of distilled water. Here's a better way to describe this. You'll like this. I, I, I like examples. So here's my stop in this ball tank. Can you can you can you guys see that in there? There's a little bit of salt left on the bottom, and there's a bunch of standing water inside of here. So my my question is is that if I have standing water in here, yet there's salt on the bottom. How come that salt on the bottom isn't dissolving in this water? Bueller, anyone? Anyone with a guess? I'll just tell you. So water can only hold so much salt content. So think about it like this. If you're starving Marvin in a third world country and you're drop shipped a bunch of distilled water and now you drink that water, now that water's in your belly, whatever nutrients and stuff that you have left in your body is going to be leached out into that water because it's so clean and pure. There's no content of anything in it whatsoever. Now take the flip side of this as well, too. You're drinking spring water, Chippewa Falls water, whatever kind of water it is, okay? There's mineral content in it. Now, your kidney's job is to filter water, filter things out of your body ultimately. So when you have these higher TDS content waters that you're drinking, now your, water, now your body has to work basically overtime harder to remove all these things out so that it can process the water at that point. So they say like the best quality water is to have about between five and 25 parts per million worth of TDS content left in the water. That's perfectly balanced water. Doesn't have zero, there's just enough mineral content so it doesn't make it truly acidic. And then there's content within it as well. That's clean and pure for you. That's real all eye-opening stuff right there. I tell you, um, I know our water's terrible, and we gotta fix it. <clears throat> Thought Chippewa Falls was a, a pretty good bottle of water, which that's another eye-opening uh, adjustment we have to make. And um, does any other admins or members have a question? Um, Shannon Savage, I I see your hand was raised. Did you have a question at all? Um, I missed the part about the, he was talking about the water for the, I think it was the level or something, 523 or something. I had my pen or nothing on me, so I want to know what, when I talk to the water company, I want to know about the, the number. It was five something or other. Um, when we were looking down at the, the pipe. You're talking so about the, the TDS, the total dissolvable. Yes, yes, right? yeah. I didn't have my pen and paper and you said five something and I didn't. And I heard five, and then I heard two and a three, but I wasn't exactly sure.
So this is that Fond du Lac stuff. Okay. I think this one was at 433. So for example, if you take parts per million, 433, divide that by 17.1, that's gonna convert it from parts per million into grains per gallon. And I really wish that it was just 17 even, not the 0.1, because everything was 17 <laughs> these days, you know, it's kind of funny, but. Um, so this stuff here, I gotta share my screen again. So if you have 433 and you divide that by 17.1, you're going to get 25.32. So earlier, when I did the hardness test, it gave me 15 grains worth of hardness there. So then with this water, it tells me that there's about another 10 grains worth of content in this water that's not traditional hardness material. So whatever that stuff is, is whatever they're shipping you from the city ultimately. But in some instances, it can be iron. Iron takes three times more salt to dissolve than regular hardness material. So in a water softener, they make regular salt, um, solar salt it's called. In iron type of settings, they make iron out salt. So there's an additive chemical to help reduce this iron. Otherwise, like in these water softeners, over the course of time with iron, it'll start to coat the beads and every time it goes to regenerate, it may not remove all that iron content off. So every time um, it's used, ultimately, that iron over the course of time is gonna build up, build up, build up, build up, and eventually that, that machine's just gonna be so iron fouled, iron riddled, that nothing's gonna work at that point. So with this one, I think with this water, there was about one part per million of iron which would be about four grains per gallon. So with this one, I would call this hardness plus four, and I would set that machine around 19 based on the math. Now, being that there is iron, I'll set the machine always a grain above that. So I would probably in this scenario, put it at 20, just to make sure that I've overcompensated enough based on whatever crap is in the water. Now, whereas my water here in Appleton, I think was like 115. I think that's what it was. 115 divided by 17.1 is gonna be 6.72 grains. So when I did my first hardness test on Appleton water, I was about five going into six grains of hardness. So the numbers based on doing the math like this makes sense. So sometimes when I'm in well water, doing the full math on it really gets you an overall better um, number in terms of where to set things. So they work properly then too. Hopefully that answers your question. Well, thank you. Do you find it easier to, to do, you know, um, I always gotta divide, don't I? When I, try, when I do that water, don't I? It's not adding, I gotta divide it. I'm sorry. What was that? You said that you said divide, correct? 
when you wanted to get that level? You know what you said? Yeah, yeah. So if your TDS is 500 divided by 17.1, and that'll tell you how hard your water is. Okay. All right, cool. Thank you. I just wanted to, I wanted to clarify that I wasn't sure if you said divide or add. All right, thank you. Does anyone else have a question for further win? Yeah, does everybody have an extra brain I can borrow from the other side, please? Looks like they're going to let you off easy tonight for the win. I got one other thing to show you. Or is yours, boss? Go back upstairs here. So um, earlier we we're talking about soap savings and all that kind of stuff. So one of the promotions that I got hooked up with is with this company called Pure and Gentle. So they make all natural soaps. Um, they're all safe ingredients and they're all just truly organic stuff ultimately. So they give you a five-year soap package. So you get all these soaps shipped out to you once a year. You can get your next shipment as soon as 10 months from the previous one. So then they give you the, these bottles like this to get you started with. This is the dish soap, for example. So then like um, they ship you out the bottles first, then they have like these little packets and the packets would equate to about that much soap in the bottle here. Then, from the reverse osmosis, you can fill them right up to the dotted line there. And you just shake it up. So this covers your dish soap, body wash, hair shampoo, dish detergent, laundry soap. They give you bar soap and glycerin soap for your face as well too. And that's something that basically kind of comes as an all-in-one type of package that I do for my customers. So that when you're talking about what kind of things you're spending money already on for soaps and stuff like that, you can put that towards the cost of the softener and just save the money all entirely. And then, you know, you're also using stuff that's safe for the environment, safe for you and just work as well too. So lastly, I'm gonna um, use this here, but I'm gonna turn on the water softener downstairs. Because that's all hard water, and then you can actually see this stuff work pretty cool.
Give me one second here. So that's a bubble bath with the safe dish soap that we got from Pure and Gentle. And this doesn't have any of the sodium oil sulfates, sodium bicarbonate, sodium anythings. And this is how soap is supposed to work with soft water. Does anyone else have any other questions at all? What was the name of the company again? Um, I forget. Um, did you get the soap at? Uh, the company oh. that handles the soap stuff is called Pure and Gentle. And okay, you can look so them up so. online, pure, pureandgentle.com. Okay. Yeah, I, I, think I heard gentle. I didn't hear the other part of it. Yeah, pure, P-U-R-E. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Anyone else have a question? Admins, members? Well, for the win, um, I really appreciate everything that you gave us knowledge on and educated us on tonight because uh i'm definitely going to be looking into getting my water fixed in this house because uh well you've been to waukesha so you <laughs> you pretty much know how terrible the water is here yeah it's it's bad i think it's like right around like 350 tds or so i could be wrong but i think that's where it's at thank uh thanks for the info i appreciate it I knew it was probably nasty, the water here in Jersey, so, um, you know, I'm right near New York, so that's my first clue right there. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right, one more call. Tammy, Miss America, Angie, Valerie. I, I, will, I will ask a question. From all your testing that you've done, where do you think in the U.S. has the cleanest water? 
I'm going to answer it in a better way. Let's extend that to North America. Earlier, I was saying like the Minneapolis, the Midwest, like this area is all really, really, really hard water. Okay? But you go into Canada, all these cities that neighbor us that right along the border here, they have some of the best water. It's three grains. It's four grains hard. Like in some cities, if you have three, four grains hard, they'll say, don't even bother with a softener. They call it, it's soft enough. You're not going to get the true soft water effects that I'll show you here tonight, but it's a lot better than 15 grains, 20 grains, 10 grains, any of this stuff hard. And it just takes enough hardness to start screwing up appliances and everything else and for your skin to feel like crap. So it's just amazing to deal with a company from Canada in Eagle Water and that the folks that they help with their water problems are very, very minimal in terms of what we have to deal with here just on the other side of the border. And the water changes just like that. It's amazing. And why do you think that is? I mean, it, it just, why? Just to keep everybody in business or what? Well, you know, hardness is dissolved rock. So with the way the glaciers formed and stuff, we just have more rock beds here in the United States than they ultimately do up there. And that's the biggest reason I think with that. When you have um, any kind of lakes, lake formations, you're gonna have more rock formations around the lakes and stuff like that. That'll contribute to hardness levels. So Minnesota being one of the really bad places and it's the land of 10,000 lakes, it's kind of like case in point right there. There's just so much rock and whatever water touches instantly dissolves into it, so. So maybe some of those um, stories of a meteor actually or an asteroid hitting here in the Midwest actually are true and that's part of our water problem. Or the minerals that were in the mud flood. I mean, it could be. I mean, there, there are so many different sources of water. You know, I mean, what was it? Like, I think it's from Fiji, the island of Fiji, that water source, that water brand, bottle brand comes from. And they talk about how pristine, how clean, how nothing of mankind is harmed or touched their waters. And that's why it's so clean. And that's why they get the premium that they charge for it ultimately. So, you know, when you have more stuff in the water or if you have industry that's nearby, it's going to screw it up. Even, even the farmers and stuff, you know, they're using all the pesticides and fungicides and whatever manure runoff is coming out from the cattle as well too. This goes into our water supplies. And they're the first people that have these water systems in their homes because they know what's going into the ground around them. You know, one thing we didn't touch on is, you know, we, we touched on how to clean your water, but how about how to transport your water? You hear all these things about, you know, plastic bottles, glass bottles, copper bottles, um, any input there? Um, the, be the best ones are glass and stainless steel, but I also do enjoy this brand, you can find them at Walmart, maybe any other department store. They're this H2O on the go. 
74.4 ounces. They say this is eight glasses daily. This is how much water we should be drinking every day. And that's how far I got today. So I think I'm doing pretty good. Well, because some of these, you know, people buy bottled water thinking they're getting good water, but then, you know, what's in the plastic and is that leaching into the water? Yeah. yeah. But take, take if you're someone from Fond du Lac with really crappy water. There's some water supplies where people are just like, mm, I will not drink this. I will make it a point to go to the store and buy that stuff because it's that bad. You know, so they think, you know, in this scenario that they're solving the problem because they're drinking now something that's better than what was coming out of their tap. But do they fully solve that problem? Yeah, there, there's more than one way to do reasons too. So, this is the soap bottle. I haven't touched that since earlier. And those bottles, the, the soaps are just kind of sitting on top of the water there still. And then this stuff, there is no soap or anything. This had four times the amount of soap in it. And that'll have the stuff that just sticks right to the bottle edge. So pretty wild. Wow. Well, thank you for all the presentation and the knowledge that you just uh, brought upon us. Um, we're in the great awakening of seeking knowledge, learning knowledge, and getting information and sharing it and making changes in our lives. So for the win, I want to thank you. Um, and I'll be posting this all over the place because it's very important. Appreciate it. Thank you. And have a good night, everybody. Thank you for the win. Thank you.